0: This is the Average to Savage podcast with Paul Garino. Everyone and anyone, athletes, celebs, and much more. This episode is powered by MetaFans. MetaFans is an NFT project for all the sports lovers. You know why you should get MetaFans? You know why you should get it? Because it got the ultimate utility. What is utility? It's the perks of having the NFT. You thought about getting an NFT, right? Probably. So this is the one to get for sports lovers. You know why? Because... Free ticket giveaways, free in real life events. They're going to be doing cash prizes for fantasy sports and all that good stuff. Pickums and all that. You love fantasy sports. I know it, right? Yeah. Okay. So then you're going to go to the website, metafans.com. You're going to mint it for 0.08. You're going to buy it. That's what mint means. You're going to buy it, right? 0.08 around 250, right? 250. You get all that. They just had a Super Bowl party at Wrigley Field. They rented out the whole stadium. It was nuts. It's crazy. It's lit. They're doing all these good things. I think, personally, it's one of the most slept-on projects. It's all about the perks. You guys think it's just a JPEG? This is what you get when you get a JPEG, you know? Go check it out. Metafans.com. M-E-T-A-F-A-N-S.com metafans.com go mint it if you mint one tag me in it at pcg7 tag me average Savage. tag me pg sports whatever tag metafans obviously tag me too and see what happens maybe you'll get another maybe you'll get another perk who knows you never know check it out metafans what's up everybody i'm back for another episode of the average savage podcast our special guest today is jeff lipson jeff how's it going
1: it is going great, Paul. How you doing, man? Thank you for having me on. This is—I've uh, been looking forward to this for for weeks, yeah. so I really appreciate it, man.
0: <laughs> yeah, for sure. That's that's funny. So, uh, just uh, just give me a little bit a brief background about yourself. I know you worked at Vander Media and things like that.
1: Yeah. So, my career is uh, it—it's—it's it's been kind of you can say it's been all over the place. I feel like I've gotten to do a lot of different things um, over the course of my career. Uh, I got to yeah. manage multi-billion dollar biopharmaceutical supply chains i got to help manage uh you know tens of millions of dollars of, of media working with fortune 500 companies um i got to to sell in media plans i got to put together change management uh strategies and and help out call centers i got to build really cool tech products and mobile apps um and web applications for fortune 500s and, uh, and then, you know, obviously now in my career, uh, I'm focused in the Web3 technology and NFT space. Um, but really, like at, at a high level, it's a combination of management consulting experience that uh, got more deep on the product side of things. And, uh, and then the marketing strategy side of, side of things when uh, I spent my, my years over at VaynerMedia uh, working under Gary, specifically on the media side of things. Um, and just seeing what that whole world was about. And that was actually, you know, that was back in, you know, I probably started there around 2017. And that was the first time that I heard about crypto punks and people started talking about NFTs, but obviously it didn't get mainstream at all until really the last year, year and a half or so. Um, but that's kind of the journey that I've taken. And then I I over the, you know, I've, I've known about crypto and, um, and, you know, dabbled and played around with it. Probably first time I started talking about Bitcoin was in 2013. I remember I was, um, I was abroad and I was with my friends in the Netherlands. And we were looking at this massive spike in, in Bitcoin prices at the time. And we were kind of laughing about it. Um, and that was sort of my first foray and, and research into the crypto space. And then on the NFT side of things, uh, it really started probably about a year and a half, two years ago, starting to look into it more. Naturally, you know, given the the Vayner connections, I have a lot of a lot of friends and former colleagues that are involved in the space, so I always kind of stayed pretty pretty connected and just seeing it evolve over time. Um, but then really started to play around myself, you know, probably around a year and a half ago in terms of opening up wallets, playing around in discords, getting more involved in Twitter. Um, and starting to think more deeply read more deeply and uh, be strategizing in my own head about where the web three space is going
0: yeah for sure that's awesome all right before i ask the next question could you uh just turn the discord off so the that
1: is yes i absolutely can do that see i'm always i'm always around i'm always doing i was like
0: i was like he probably doesn't even notice it because he
1: hears it all the time (laughs) literally it's like white noise for me (laughs) All right. We should be good. We should be good now. If that's not like authentic, I mean, I know that's, that's why it was funny too. I was like,
0: yo, this is kind of going to be good because it's going to be like, yo, he's actually in it. and just keeps on beefing.
1: (laughs) I'm always in it. I'm literally in between managing team, putting out fires in the discord partnerships, and then jump onto the podcast with my man, Paul. So that's, that's what life is like. It's, it's fast and it's fun in this world right now.
0: Yeah, no, no, for sure. Um, so I know you're the chief strategist for Metafans, but just tell me a little bit about how you got into NFTs uh, in the first place. I know you just mentioned you knew about it, but like what or and like, how'd you got into it? And then tell me what your first NFT purchase was.
1: Yeah. So um, my first NFT purchase was a, a crypto Corgi. Okay. Um, and it was literally, uh, it was like, hadn't done that much research, but it was very, very cheap. And I, so like, as, as someone who comes from a product background, I am very, very much always thinking about an in tune with the user experience friction within an experience and what that, what that looks like. Because for me, when I'm building products, um, I'm always thinking about how, how do I remove friction from the process? How do I create the best user experience possible? And in order to create the best user experience, you need to be deeply invested and understand the experience as it is today for people um, to be able to then create something better. So I was starting to get you know more deep on Twitter and very tuned in, getting my ear to the ground in the whole Twitter NFT world or NFT Twitter world, excuse me. And I just saw some posts, you know, where it's like, hey, here are like cheap projects that might've been around a while that could be like good long-term holds if you want to just like start getting involved in stuff. And I want to say that that was in maybe like, I want to say that that was like in the summer of 2021. It was probably like the first purchase that I made, even though I'd kind of just been listening and looking and playing around for a long time. Um, Because I didn't, for me, it's like, and I wasn't trying to get into so much of this like quick flip situation. For me, I was always more interested in it all from a technology perspective, and what was going to be built from it, and how people were adopting blockchain technology. So that was my first purchase, um, and the experience was, you know, eye opening. From you know, making sure that I had the right wallets set up. You know, was it. Was, was I going to have the Coinbase wallet set up? Was it going to be a MetaMask wallet? Which one did I like more? Why were there differences? Um, what did the wallet connect aspect feel like? How did the gas fees aspect of things feel like? Getting to understand why gas fees were you know different uh, during certain times of day, during uh, a big mint that was happening or not. So just going through that process and then actually minting something and then seeing where it goes and really analyzing the ether scan and understanding how these transactions are occurring. So that was my first uh that was my first purchase. Um and uh it was I I that was like that first moment where I was like this is really cool. This is also very very like the nascent, right? Like there's a lot that still needs to be done to be able to get this industry actually adopted. Because the truth is that right now, like, yes, there's a little adoption and yes, this stuff's going mainstream to a degree. Obviously you see like what CryptoPunks and Bored Apes and more recently like Doodles has been doing in World of Women and some of those projects. But for the most part, the NFT world is a is an echo chamber of like a couple hundred thousand people that are all buying and selling from each other. And I feel like we're hitting this sort of plateau-ish, point right now from an adoption perspective, uh, because it's just too hard for people. This is just, it's just so different.
0: Yeah, no, for sure. That's why, I, um, I'm interested to see when Coinbase releases their platform to like buy and sell and trade, whatever you want to say, um, to see, I think, I think that's going to get more people in cause mm-hmm. they know, cause people already know about Coinbase from just like trading crypto and stuff like that. So it'll be interesting to see. Um, yeah. And then tell me how you got, uh, how you got, involved in Metafans and then is it, and then actually in going from quote unquote corporate world to now this web three world, is that like crazy to you that that's, this is your full-time
1: job, right? It is. No, it's my full, you know, I don't want to call it a nine to five because yeah, yeah. it's not, it's, it's, it's entrepreneurial, it's fun, it's dynamic, but yes, this is my full-time job. Now I, I left my management consulting gig which I loved by the way, and, you know, was super happy there and loved the people that I worked with. And it was like, it was a very good career um, that I was carving out for myself there and was able to work with cool clients and build cool shit. Um, But at the end of the day, it wasn't necessarily like my my passion, right? Like I, and I had still at that point in my life, um, never got to really work at the thing that I was really passionate about and I, but i wasn't looking to leave um i was interested in the web 3 space obviously and i i, I just attended um, nft Basel and you know was looking for more things to be able to go do to continue to involve myself in the space and it's uh it's an interesting story so so basically uh my my brother-in-law's best friend is anthony rizzo and i have gotten to know him you know over the last uh Couple of years, and so we were all together, and he was telling me about this project called Metafans um, that he knows the the, the founder of, and uh, that it's it's really legit, and he's minting them, and you know to check it out. And so I did, and uh, I actually, so I minted one when we were all there uh, with each other. We were all kind of minting. I minted one. And I minted one of what we call our owners box guests, which is one of the eighteen out of ten thousand super rare of of our ten thousand um, nft collection and so i think that drove me to just naturally have a little more skin in the game and want to get involved in the community and uh i just started naturally uh talking with with jordan um you know one of our founders and giving just some of my insight from my professional experience of just both from kind of like a product perspective and a community building perspective and a marketing strategy perspective and kind of leaning that into the the nft and web3 world and uh and one thing led to another and I was not looking necessarily looking for it and one thing led to another and it was just the the fit was right and um and so i i just said you know what like let's let's do this let's do this together like i believe in what you're building here and i think that there's uh there's ways that i will be able to drive this ship and help lead and help really think for like think through for us what we're going to be building down the road and how we're going to continue to build out our company and our project today. And uh, I just said YOLO, man. I said YOLO, let's go for it. I mean, he, like you really do only live once, and yeah. it's, uh sometimes these opportunities just kind of fall on your lap. And you know, I feel very blessed, and it's been uh, an incredible decision. You know, working with awesome people and just being in such a dynamic and fun space.
0: Yeah, no, definitely, no. I like that the YOLO approach because, like, even like as I get older, even though I think I'm still young, um, like, I, I like that's how I feel too. I'm just like, all right, like I just gotta start doing this stuff, like start doing stuff, like saying yes to, like you know, saying no to other things and saying yes to some new things. And um, our, and those listeners that don't know Anthony Rizzo's an all-star World Series champion baseball player, uh, if you guys don't know that and um yeah and then tell me just tell me a little bit like what metafans
1: is so metafans is you know in in its current evolution metafans is an nft project with a, a 10000 um unit nft collection and essentially we're a very very utility value driven in real life experience driven project. um so by purchasing a MetaFan, you're essentially gaining access into our clubhouse. And our clubhouse is kind of where all of our perks and our access and our experience sit. Um, We we believe in building community, right? So the kind of the start and the precipice of all this from Jordan's perspective was, you know, sports and entertainment, you know, from a young age is is how communities start to form. A lot of communities start to form, right? You start to form communities around sports that you're playing with other people and music and getting along with other folks. And you build these these villages of people um, around some of those things. And how do we now do that in a digital world in the direction that we're moving? And so that was kind of the, the, the crux behind why do we want to start Metafans? And so for us, our four, kind of core pillars are around community, building real community. I know that word gets thrown out around a lot, yeah. but I mean like really like building a village of people um, that really care for one another, that are developing real relationships with each other, which means also getting to see and, and understand and meet one another in real life, in addition to creating those experiences and, and that, that connection um, in a digital way. So that's number one, like really building community, village takes care of the village. Second piece is around empowerment and how do we empower people that become meta fans, both from the experiences and the access that we provide, but also by giving them the kind of the educational and networking experiences to keep, to keep growing and keep learning. We have very much kind of over indexed on the first time NFT buyer, and even first-time wallet openers, and even some of them first-time crypto purchasers. So back to that adoption point I made earlier, I actually am very proud of the fact that I think we very much are driving adoption outside of that echo chamber mm-hmm. um, because of the, t- the types of folks that we're bringing in to MetaFans. And so we're trying to give them those experiences that they might not have otherwise ever been able to have, right? With their loved ones and with their friends, like going into a suite or going to have these club, these uh, you know club suite seats, any of that kind of stuff, and then from an educational perspective, giving them a safe space to be able to keep growing and learning within NFTs and Web3 and blockchain, uh, when they otherwise might not have, because there's there's still this lack of trust, understandably, in this space for a lot of these people to feel comfortable enough to jump in. Um, and then the two other pieces are around charity. We've given a, a ton of a ton of money and donated a ton of money back to charity, probably coming up close to hundred thousand dollars at this point. Um, and then around innovation. And that, that goes back to kind of, you know, my, my background around technology and product and how am I thinking six months, 12 months, 24 months, five years down the line with where this technology is going and how we very much plan on being a part of it for the long haul.
0: Yeah. Yeah, no, for sure. And I think that's one thing um, that attracted me to you guys that, well, one, it's sports, sports related. And I haven't seen that many sports uh, NFTs in general. And then uh, I think I think your utility is way easier to understand than a lot of people's. Cause sometimes it's just like, they're like, Oh yeah. Airdrops air and blah, blah, blah. And I'm just like, all right, cool. Like, yeah, yeah, I guess. And then, but yours is obviously like real life events and like actual, like, you know, games and things like that, that people actually already know it's like almost bringing web two and web three together, I guess. It's exactly
1: what it is. And we're, we're like, not, we very much, embrace and do are not ashamed of the fact that that's the case, right? Like yeah. we're not purely digital. And I think that's okay. I think we're, we're trying to bridge the gap, right? You can't just jump web two to web three with no bridge in the middle. And I think that we're trying to be some of that bridge for people. And like you said, yeah, like we're, we're giving like very tangible value and, and utility back. I mean, we have a, We have a race house suite for the F1 Miami Grand Prix that's coming up in May. There's going to be a handful of lucky Meta fans that get to go to that. That's going to be probably the hottest ticket in America. Uh, We just threw a Super Bowl party at Wrigley Field with 200 200 Meta fans there, um, exclusive only to Meta fans with open bar and watching the game and DJ after party and food and all that good stuff, all expenses paid in that regard. And we had people coming in from all over the U.S., um, we give out tickets to games that we have access to uh with premium seats on a regular basis, baseball, hockey, basketball, you name it. We have Lollapalooza coming up, where we I think we have around 30 tickets a day um, with premium access to VIP areas. There's gonna be meta fans that are gonna be able to go to that. Um, you know, we have our, and then outside of just tickets and stuff, we also have our uh you know, free to enter cash prize games. We've been doing squares pools and NBA pickums. We just launched our golf pick We're going to have our uh, Metafans March Mayhem bracket challenge coming out. All that stuff, you know, people are on a weekly basis. We're sending ETH to people's wallets that win, de- depending on the size of the game, anywhere from 250 to, you know, this, this March Mayhem stuff is going to be up to, you know, north of $3,000 for first place winners. So just giving like that environment where people are... Having fun, they're communicating with each other. They're getting to know one another. They're learning about the space. They're playing in these fun games that you know keep them engaged and involved in the Web3 space. They're winning tickets and stuff. They're they're meeting people from different parts of the U.S. at these events that they're um, that they're that they're going to. And then on top of that, we also actually have a discounted ticketing platform that people can go to um, by connecting their wallet, proving they have a Meta we basically turned off all the fees. If you're comparing us to like a StubHub hub or a SeatGeek, you're probably saving a ton of money by being a MetaFan and being able to go to that site. So like very, very tangible utility. And there's that's just the beginning, right? Like that's just kind of this first playbook, as I sort of call it, of what we've been running with. Um, and there's a lot more to come. I, I've been going through a lot of hiring and uh, building out a a much bigger, longer term strategy for what we're going to continue to build. So that's what we've been doing so far.
0: Yeah, no, definitely too. And I I think, I think um, not, not being biased, but I think you guys are one of the most slept on product projects that not be sold out yet, which is crazy to me. Just like all those things that you just mentioned, like people should just be going to mint, 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 mint. I know, I know. And
1: at the end of the, the way I see it, first of all, I appreciate it because, you know, obviously I feel the same way, you know, represent Meta fans, but um, it's uh, it's just, there's so much, I don't take it personally because there's just, there's so much noise out there and, and, and there's so many projects coming and going and there's so many minting new ones, minting every day um, that, most people that come into the space are, are looking to do it to make money, right? Like they're doing it to, to treat an NFT like a stock um, and try to, to flip it for money. And when you come in and look at a project and you're like, it's been minting for, you know, a handful of months now, and the floor price is more or less what the mint price is, you know, why would I invest in that? And if you're not actually doing more research and jumping into what we're doing and, and who we are and the people behind the project, then... You'll never see it, and so it's 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 about how we continue to amplify our message, um, to to be able to let people realize what kind of value is out there for them. But I don't I I don't blame people that are jumping in. You know, I I get it. I understand why it's happening. What I do think is interesting is, you know, how I'm I'm curious how long it's going to take to sort of reframe the narrative and the conversation around around. NFT and web three projects slash companies and how we judge failure and success. Because if I told you that I just started a retail brand, like an e-commerce retail brand three months ago, and I haven't sold out of all of my inventory that I bought up yet. And then you told me, well, Jeff, probably time to pack it in. It's been a failure. (laughs) can you imagine if if that's the business advice that people were were giving to one another in a normal business world that's whack as that's whack as shit yeah. so i understand why there's a, a different mentality and from a consumer behavior perspective in the nft and web3 world but i don't think it's going to last and it shouldn't last because those aren't normal business principles um those are just unicorns you know that pop up and things like that happen too so I'm, you know, I am really not concerned and 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 worried, and I'm I'm thinking much much longer term. All
0: right, in MetaFans, you also have ambassadors like Dan Marino and Anthony Rizzo. So, how did them two get involved? And tell me about the other one. I know you have a few other ones too.
1: Yeah. Okay. Wow. I don't want to forget people. I feel like I should pull up the website. <laughs> uh, so we're um, we're a well connected group, um, and w- when jordan was starting to put this together really it was you know he started talking to dan he started talking to anthony and some of the people around there and um you know we're also very involved or jordan's very involved uh with another uh sports agency and so we've got someone really close with us his name is sammy who represents all of those people and we just are very well you know kind of good friends with those folks and well connected with them and so when they when you know jordan was talking to them about what he was thinking about doing there was just a and a level of interest and just trust in in believing in Jordan and 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 what he wants to build and do, and that comfort level of putting their name behind the brand. So there's you can check out the MetaFans websites, www.metafans.com. Uh, but you'll see as you scroll down on the page, there's Dan Marino, there's Anthony Rizzo, there's Raheem Mostert uh, from the from the Niners. There's Josh Hammond, there's Braven Roy, there's Joy Taylor. Uh, I'm not sure if I'm forgetting anyone else. Boom. All right. Jason Taylor.
0: You said Jason Taylor?
1: And J- oh, yeah. And JT, how can I forget the Dolphins legend, Jason Taylor? So, yeah. So, JT is another one. So, um, we've got all those folks uh, supporting us. We've had other athletes that have also just bought into the project that have gotten connected to us either just by finding out about us on socials or being, you know, friends of of Anthony's or whoever it may be that have gotten involved and actually purchased MetaFans on their own. Um, so they've, they've been awesome, very supportive. And uh, we're, we're very lucky to kind of have, have those types of names to give credibility to what we're trying to build.
0: Yeah. Well, Well, Jeff, uh, I don't know if you know this, but uh, a lot of NFT projects, they have never ran a business before. So I think that's one problem in the NFT space now. Um, and even, even so, um, obviously everyone's goal to sell out, but I've also seen projects where they sell out and then they have no idea what to do after that. So it's like a catch 22. And I think, like you said, uh, I think a lot of things are changing. Like I only been deep into this since like November or October. So I already seen changes from those couple months of even people flipping stuff and versus holding stuff and um, projects flopping versus not flopping and then things like that. So it is cool. Even a uh, perfect example is um just the uh, anonymous thing. Like I thought it was so weird when I got on Twitter spaces and people were anonymous. I was like, why are you guys anonymous? Like, I don't understand. And then, yeah, uh, so that's like, uh I'm a fan how, of that. yeah. Yeah. So that's like, coming out more so now even now so is like uh, people aren't backing projects that uh, people are anonymous or they are anonymous. I I mean, they, they are anonymous
1: yeah i mean like it was something that started in the beginning but the grand scheme of things like why would you i mean could you imagine someone like walking up on shark tank <laughs> and and like and like where it says like name it's just question marks and they're wearing a mask and they're like mark cuban i want million for a 10% stake in my business, but you can't know who I am. I mean, it's, there's, there's certain things that should change and evolve with like with web three and the direction that we're moving from a technology perspective, but that's not one of them. And I think that it's, you know, it was, it was, it was built into the technology, not necessarily purposefully, but just because of that's just how it works. And I think that's been leaned into a lot. But at the end of the day, like if I'm trying to build a business, how, how can I not know who my customers are? I have to to be able to build a better product, to be able to geographically understand like where I should be investing, you know, our resources to, to make the experience better. Where should we go have events? Where should we be trying to message people? Where should we be doing if we don't have any information, then how are we supposed to to, to be able to build and be better? Um, it's, it's 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 that is a very interesting dynamic that is, uh, you know, an unprecedented issue that people haven't de- had to deal with in the traditional business sense before that, you know, we're now trying to tackle in this new world that we're navigating.
0: Yeah, and even um, going back to like what you're saying about if you created a retail e-commerce store and you didn't sell out everything in three months, that's like, Totally true too, because now even like yeah. it's, sometimes it's even better that you, you are still minting because you could just go on the Twitter spaces and be like, yo, I'm still minting this project because everyone's always asking like, when's mint? And yeah. so it's like, I got it right now. Like even my project, like my mini project, I only had 12 NFTs, but I I only sold one and I didn't sell out until almost like, I don't know, nine months later because I didn't know what the hell I was doing. Yeah. And then, and then uh, I figured it all out and then people wanted to buy them. So it's just like, yeah, like you said, I think it's just a matter of time of more people getting it. like, first of all, the, the stat back in November, I don't know if they updated. Yeah. It's only like, I think it was like three or 4% of Americans own an NFC. So that was like yeah. a super. Low I'm, number, I, so. I'm actually
1: shocked. It's even that high. Yeah. Well, three or knows, 4% was, of it, Americans. Yeah.
0: Cause people, it was, it, but people have multiple wallets. So who knows like how many that, you know what I mean? I mean, honestly,
1: I feel like That's if cool. I would have guessed it, I would have said like half a percent. Yeah. that's crazy <laughs> seriously well, i mean three or four percent that's a lot of people or it could have been in the world
0: i'm not, i can't remember it was it, it was still a low number so yeah it was, it was yeah but um but what 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 about going back uh what what advice would you give to people working on nft projects
1: so um number one i think that it's like don't don't do it unless you're interested in being in the web three space for the long haul, because if you're not, then if you're only interested in being around for two years, you're not, you, you might make your money, but you're not going to be doing right by the people that are buying your thing. So unless you really have a vision that, that is going to live past this first wave of NFTs, right? and, and what, how we think about them and how we buy and sell them and all that, then I, I don't think, if you're not being thoughtful enough, then I think take a step back and, and be more thoughtful. So I think that's number one. Number two is um, really invest in content and marketing and understanding what resonates with people and really double down on content, uh, befo- well, particularly before you go launch and mint. Um, but more importantly than that, make sure that you're actually being run by from an operational perspective, like going back to your point that people that understand how to run a business, because exactly what you said, the number of projects that sell out that have a roadmap, worst, worst word in the world and, and, and are like, Promise you this and promise you that, and we're going to build this and we're going to build that. And we're literally talking about like a 22 year old who has literally never run a business before. Don't know what recruiting is, doesn't know what HR is, doesn't know what operations is, has never run a content calendar, has never built product before, has never managed engineers, has never done any of this. Um, you need to make sure that you have the operational excellence in place to be able to actually execute. Um after your mint is over. And once you, you need to start actually working on things. The other thing is, is that I find a lot of projects like don't actually start working on things until after they're done minting. Yeah. I, I, for me, it's like, treat this like a business. If you can like have some of that money available to you before you mint, if you really think that you're doing something like either come to the table with money or try to raise a little bit of money because If you're only starting to work on things after your mint is over because you've raised funds, it's, it takes a long time to, to build stuff, um, that matters. Um, so those would be, I think some of my biggest, my biggest things. Um, and that, and that, and also that community more than anything is the most important thing. Like, yeah and and that again like the word when i say that i mean like this is something that ties back to before web 3 and it goes back to web 2 and it goes back before that and it basically means having having a group of people it's brand it's brand that's what it is you're you're developing a brand and you're de- you're developing brand loyalty we call that community now yeah. and and obviously there's other elements to community as well um around like you know, the relationships and the bonds that are being made between people and how they interact with each other. But that community that you're building is ultimately a brand loyal one. And how do you do that? And you can only do that through trust, through authenticity, through, you know, being true to your word, by executing, by doing all that stuff. Um, So that's, those are some of the things.
0: Yeah, definitely. Like, even when I first started, when I did mine, like it just said unlock up. like I just threw mine up on open C and uh, it just said like unlockable. So I was like, all right, like everyone, like, I didn't even know what utility was at that point. I was like, all right, everyone's going to get like free merch. And now it's funny that everyone like merch is like a huge thing. Cause I'm like, I'm like, okay, like that you guys are impressed by merch. Okay. I, I could do that either. Yeah. So I'm like, okay, weird. It's weird to me just like seeing all this stuff and it's like, it's almost like not backwards, but it's like old school to me but it's like, I don't, I just don't understand sometimes the appeal, like why it's getting people excited, like going to games and events that to me, that's more exciting, like things like that than like apparel. And I just don't, I mean, I think it's cool, but I just don't, I just don't grasp it on terms of coming from web two and the people weren't, aren't thrilled that much about that stuff.
1: I know. I, I, I don't know if it's just, if I think that's going to change, and I don't know if it's because the expectations are so low for all these projects. Yeah, like, like I don't merch, think-
0: like merch. Like I feel like merch. That's 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 low. That's not it's, anything it's evil stakes. Yeah, that's right. Easy. Like so, I don't understand the merch drop. I, yeah, I don't get
1: it either. No, I, I I really don't. Um, I mean merch can be fresh and cool. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But, but um, yeah, I don't understand why uh by a project's floor would rise by half an e after a merch drop. All mm-hmm. right. I, I just think that part of it is like this word project. I really, really do. I I really hope we're starting to see like vernacular start to change in the space a little bit, which I think is good. Like the word whitelist is, is now starting to change and the word roadmap is starting to change more and um, all that stuff. And I, I really hope that we start to move away from the word project because I think that it does one of two things. Usually one is it either it, it kind of it allows the bar to be set lower with the w- way that we think yeah. about the word where people are like almost allowed to skate by because it's, it's just a project, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Just a project. So like what the expectations don't need to be that high. And then the other thing that it does is it delegitimizes things that are much bigger than projects. Yeah. Like I hate calling ourselves a project yeah. because I'm running a fucking business here and, and a technology company Um, that is being a lot more thoughtful than a project. And so I hope that we move away from that word because I think that by calling it project, people are like excited about merch drops because look, this project did a merch drop, but that's cool. Um, But if I told you that like, you know, Toyota was doing a merch drop, do you think that their stock would rise 50% in value? and i just don't see why we're treating these these companies differently because all they are at the end of the day are llcs most of them
0: yeah yeah no for sure i don't i don't know we'll see what happens
1: by the way it's also i hope i you know it's re- what i will say i know it's like i've been ranting a little bit what i will say is that i'm i love the creativity that all of this has sparked and the yeah. opportunity that this has provided for so many people to become entrepreneurial and to do things that they've never done before, yes. and to create opportunities for themselves. And so even though there is all this noise, like I think it's amazing. And I think it's a natural state of evolution for for, just for humans and, and all of us. And I'm all about all of it. I do think that there's going to be things that are going to change. And I think there's some things that should change. But I'm, I'm all love and support for everyone going and get, you know, get there as long as they're doing it the right way. Yeah. And they're being ethical about it. And they're being thoughtful about it. I'm all for everyone going after it and taking advantage of this amazing opportunity to get more experience and be entrepreneurial and go secure the bag and all that stuff.
0: Yeah, no, definitely. Same. Likewise with me. Like I'm not, I'm not like mad at it. I'm just like kind of confused and trying to figure it out yeah. and like see where it goes. Um, Barry, are you ready for some fun questions? All right. Fire them away. <laughs> all right. What's, uh, your, your, since you're a meta fan, where where's a where's a place that like where's a game or a, a venue that you haven't been that you want to go to?
1: That I haven't been that I want to go to.
0: Yeah.
1: Um that's a good one. Um so I mean, I guess I technically have been there now, but I'm excited to but I haven't been to a game. I've just been to the venue at Wrigley. So okay. I, I'm excited to go to a Chicago Cubs game at Wrigley Field. That's pretty iconic. Um I'm not like a – I'm not – base. I love all sports. Baseball is not my favorite sport, but, you know, I went to school in the Boston area. Um, you know, I've been to uh, to Fenway, and I – the magic of that park, and so I can only imagine what it's there epically too.
0: Yeah, so uh, what are your favorite teams?
1: I'm a diehard – so I grew up in South Florida, and I also grew up being a hockey player. So I am um, a die, die, diehard Florida Panthers fan. And so that's actually super exciting for me this season because we're, we're actually finally like really fucking good. Yeah. And it's been like 20 years of, of being a fan of a team that was always so bad. And I've just stuck through it so hardcore. Um, like I remember when I was in like middle school, I had never seen us make the playoffs and we were finally having like a half decent season and it came down to the 82nd game of the season. And I believe that we won our game and we got to 93 points and then Montreal also either won their game or like went into overtime and we ended up tying them and we lost out on the eighth and final playoff spot by tiebreaker. And I was devastated. I was crying. I was like, (laughs) it it was messed up. Um, So yeah, I'm a diehard Florida Panthers fan. That's number one by far. And then I'm, you know, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a homer. So I, uh, I love the heat and the dolphins and I even support the Marlins, even through all the (laughs) the craziness that they've put this uh, South Florida community through. And then I grew to love uh, when I was living up in Manhattan, um, I grew to love NYC FC. So uh, that was, that was a lot of fun going to games at Yankee stadium.
0: Yeah, that's cool. I'm i I'm a Yankees fan uh, and a Dolphins fan are my two main sports, I'd say. And then the net, the nets. And then for hockey, I actually do go with the, like the Panthers or the, the Maple Leafs. How,
1: so wait, how, <laughs> how, did, how did we get to the Dolphins?
0: Uh, I got relatives in Florida. So I, I believe, I think my aunt sent me a, I don't know how it happened. Cause I remember I used to wear like bills and Patriots stuff, but then uh-huh. maybe I think I probably changed because all my life I've always been like going against people. So I'm mm-hmm. like, I just want to be a dolphins fan or something. Like I probably, I don't know how it happened, but I remember getting a Dan Marino jersey and then I was a dolphins fan. That's awesome.
1: Yeah. And Dan's an ambassador for us. It's awesome.
0: And um, well, Jeff, I appreciate you coming on and could you let the listeners know where they
1: could find meta fans at? Absolutely. So If you go to www.metafans.com, that will be the site where you can go and mint uh, a MetaFan, but also uh, near that mint button, which is going to be on the top right of the screen. You'll also see the join discord button. If you have never minted something before, or if you've never opened up a wallet um, or you've never even like purchased crypto, whatever it may be, we get it. Uh, We, like I, I mentioned earlier in the podcast, we have a ton of people that have been in those shoes before, Jump into the Discord if it takes you the two minutes to sign up and create a profile. I seriously highly encourage you to do it. It's just so you can kind of talk to some of our people and they will answer all of your questions, I'll be around there. Um, and we we can help you kind of navigate through that process of what opening up a wallet is and how you fund it and how you mint a Metafan. Um, so we'll be there for you every step of the way and looking forward to hopefully uh, welcoming some of you guys to the Metafam as we call it and being part of uh, some of our in real life experiences and perks and access as we keep trucking along.